Planet Water Podcast. Hello, this is Martin and welcome to my new series powered by the Planet Water Podcast, A Water With. Today I have Jamal with me, the founder of Svalbardi Water from Norway. What costs you around $150 in an upscale restaurant per bottle? So here we go, A Water With, Jamal. Great to have you. And it's very, very nice to, you're my first one pretty much for my new little series, what I want to do, because I think it's it's time to interview some water producers and people who are like passionate about water. And you are one of the clearly very advanced people who are like very, very passionate about everything. And obviously I have your beautiful water right in front of me as well. What is important right. because water should be not a dry topic. We should drink water as well all the time. That's very important. But but let's let's start that. Why why did you came up with that idea? Like, what was the idea in general first for you? Yeah. Um, so I would say most of my life I was a water's just water person. I wasn't one of the people who paid attention to water very much. Okay. Um, but I, I learned through an interesting process. So I was living on mainland Norway from 2009 to 2014. Yeah. But I'd heard of this place, Svalbard, right? And these islands okay. are halfway between the top of Norway and the North Pole. We're in the middle of the Arctic Ocean. So I was like, I have to go visit this place. So in 2013, I came up here and I visited. And I was trying to think of a nice little gift I could bring home to each family member, something personal. Mm-hmm. And I was hiking up on a glacier here, and I saw it was the summer, so I saw the meltwater coming off the glacier and looked really nice. And I asked the tour guys, like, is it okay? Is it safe to drink? You know? And he says, yeah, absolutely. Just make sure there's no reindeer upstream. You know? Okay, so, okay. Um, <laughs> but I had it. It was, it was lovely. It was beautiful. I brought it home to my wife, um, and she had made a cup of her favorite herbal tea with it. So it was all very nice. Yeah. Um, and shortly after that, you know, I'd been thinking about wanting to start my own business, but I also came across these scientists in Greenland and Antarctica who, for their wedding, they had leftover ice cores they'd taken from these glaciers, okay. and they drank them at their wedding. Um, and I remembered how great this water tasted, so it kind of got me thinking, and so I started just kind of researching, and, you know, I could tell now there was a difference between waters, and I discovered... Oh, I discovered... You, Michael Masha, all these people involved in the fine waters world, and I realized oh, there's there's a there's a whole world of people who appreciate it, and there's a market for this too as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of what got things started, and we just kind of did it a little bit at a time on the side, and eventually things just progressed so much we we decided it's if we're going to do this, we have to move to Svalbard and live in Svalbard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were living in New York at the time, and as a family, we made that decision to move up here. And okay, yeah. When was that? We moved up here in 2016, so getting close to four okay. years. Okay, okay. And when did you had the like original idea? Was this in 2015 or 14, or when did you like thought like, okay, now there's something I really want to capture? Uh, 2014. That's when okay. things really started to move. Yeah. Yeah, we came up here uh, in the summer, and I the the Norwegian Food Authority wanted to know. When I told them the idea at first, they were they were just kind of stunned. They were like, "What? <laughs> you want to do what?" <laughs> so the second question was, "Well, what about the quality? Is it good yeah. quality? And yeah, yeah. also, is it consistent? Because 
we were going to be taking, you know, from icebergs. Um, it's not the glacier up in the glacier. We're not damaging that. This is icebergs that have fallen mm. up and it's about to melt. So they wanted to know, okay, is every iceberg the same? So in the summer of 2014, I came up here. We chartered a boat. We spent a week going all up and down the west coast of Svalbard, uh, which mm-hmm. is about the size of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and core samples from icebergs that were about to melt and got the testing done. And the food authority was just, wow, this is amazing. You know, we haven't seen something this good ever. That's amazing. So for a lot of people, I think, who are joining us today might be not familiar with Svalbardi, and they might be not familiar even what is an iceberg water. So can you explain this a little bit to, to our listeners or viewers um, what that actually is? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So iceberg water, um, sometimes a lot of people mix it up with glacier water. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're very insistent on pointing out the difference, right? So glaciers are the ice sheets that are on land. And Svalbard, these islands here, are actually 55% covered by glaciers. Um, But when the glaciers reach the sea, then the icebergs fall off the glacier into the ocean where they then melt away. And Mm -hmm. because they're melting extra fast now, it contributes to to global sea level rise. So it's part Mm -hmm. of the global warming. Mm -hmm. So iceberg water, we actually take these icebergs. Instead of letting them be wasted, melt into the sea, we capture small pieces. They're about a cubic meter, half a cubic meter to a cubic meter. And then we take those, and those are melted, and we bottle those. And the way you should think of it as far as the the type of water it is, this is essentially snow that fell thousands of years ago, immediately compacted into ice, and has been preserved since then. Pure as the day, you know, it fell as snow long before the the modern industrial world. Mm. So that's the reason it has a very light, you know, almost no mineral, you know, super smooth taste and feel to it. What is the, um, because I think a lot of my my listeners know already the concept of TDS, so total dissolved solids, how many minutes actually combined in a water. And so what is the, because you're harvesting different icebergs, so... Does it really fluctuate a lot or is this like minimalistic? What is the TDS range on a regular basis? There, there is some fluctuation, um, but not very much. Hmm. I think the, the highest we've ever had, and this was me pretty much just testing. So I purposely got hmm. an iceberg that had some sediment in it, which mm-hmm. we don't normally do. But I thought, mm-hmm. let's do that. Just test it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a TDS in the 40s. Oh, interesting. But still very, very low, obviously. But still very, very low. Typically speaking, you know, it's 10 to 20. And okay. very often it's single digits. Yeah. So, because very, let's face it, there are, are waters out of this planet like Vichy Catalan with the tedious of 3,050. Uh, Roy, a great water, I think, from Slovenia with 7,400. Gerald Steiner. 2,400 or 2,200, it always depends a little bit as well. So there's a lot of interesting waters out there where it's like very, very intense. Obviously, your water, Svalbard, is on, on the completely other spectrum of that high mineral water, especially East European water. They are known for the high minerality. And I think it's fascinating because a lot of people are always thinking, and this is like where people are getting a little bit confused, I think, on my social media channels. A lot of people are always think like, oh, the higher the TDS, the better is the water. And that's not true. It really depends what you want to do with the water. 
and that is the job as a sommelier, obviously what I am as a water sommelier, to find and 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 so that's the reason I actually appreciate Svabadi so much because it's a very unique water, very unique packaging. And we're gonna talk about this a little bit as well, about the design as well. And and for me it's really interesting because like a heavy TDS water, it might be great when you're going to the gym, but it's not great when you're drinking wine. So it really depends what you want to do. Therefore, there is no best water on this planet. It always, the best water on the planet is the water you want to drink for the perfect scenario. So it really depends what you want to do with this. So when you came up with this, and you obviously you're on the vessel as well where you're harvesting Svabadi with, you had to realize, oh my God, it's going to be a little bit more expensive than usual. So we're not talking about like a $1 or $2 water right now here. We're talking about something else. So how does the how is the price point playing in now to your whole business model right right so yeah i mean the 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 pricing obviously can vary depending on the venue uh we sell online for 80 euro a bottle delivered mm. um and reason for that is as you say this is a very this is not a cheap process right sure it's very intensive it's it's it involves a lot of effort so yes as you said I'm on the vessel here where we actually gather the ice, uh, gather the ice. This is the MS Origo. She's a Swedish vessel that comes up to Svalbard in the summers. Mm -hmm. um, second vessel we've used. Um, so we actually have to go out and it can be anywhere from a day to three days out into the wilderness. Um, we will go out to the places to basically to glacier fronts that are moving. When the glacier fronts are moving, then they're calving the ice. The ice is falling into the sea. Mm -hmm. So then we got good selection. We can pick good quality ice that came from the center of the glacier, very protected, no sediment in it, right? So we have to go out and carefully select. And then we have a crane, we have a net, we have to hand select them. So we'll spend a lot of time. I look from the side of the boat, try to find mm -hmm. right ice. Um, we'll, you know, we, we put it back if it's not the right quality. And then we have to bring it back to shore here. We're based in the towns called Long Airbnb the main main town is the world's northernmost town mm -hmm. um, and we we bottle here you know we think it's very very important to support the local economy here um, and from there yeah it gets it gets delivered around the world um, everything carbon negative mm -hmm. um, and we knew because of this cost that's involved in getting it it had to have packaging worthy of that. It had sure. to have packaging that really showed how special this is. Mm. So we, we, we made serious effort to make sure that it was, the bottle was designed, the packaging was designed to reflect the characteristics of the water and also the value of the water, how rare and unique it is. So mm. all those things go into why the price point is where it is. Um, and that's why this really is, you know, a very, special products, special occasion, special venues, um, gifting, things like this. Um, and every customer too, you know, knows that, you know, they're helping with each bottle to help preserve our Arctic home where we're at. That's sure. Part yeah. of our mission is to help save this place. So every bottle saves a hundred times more ice than it's, than it gathers. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is something like what in general, lot of people who are maybe against bottled water maybe misinterpreted this a little bit because they're always thinking oh bottled water is just bad and when i'm thinking like there are so many good causes to bottled water as well first of all it has the least impact on all bottled beverages 
is bottled water, has the least impact on all other things. So when you really want to um, help the nature, you should stop drinking beer, imported beer or something like this. It has a way bigger carbon footprint than water has. And especially a lot of water companies, and obviously you're not the, the only water producer I know. I talk to a lot of boutique water brands and even bigger brands, and they all have like this side effect of, yes, we want to give something back to nature because our product comes from nature. And I love this concept. And I never heard that the Department of Water and Power here in Los Angeles sends a check over to, to a nature or a good cause because they want to protect nature. And I never heard that like a purified water company does that because they pretty much don't care about the nature because their water is nothing else than municipal source water. Wherever the factory is sitting, they're opening their tap, um, filtering everything out and then selling it for high price in a plastic bottle. That is for me the biggest scam on planet Earth when it comes to bottled water. But what you're doing, I think it's great and fascinating because you're doing a good cause. You're helping the economy, you're helping the locals in Svalbard, in Norway, and you're giving something very, very special to people as well who might be cannot travel anymore. And let's face it, with COVID-19, I just checked yesterday, I was, I was supposed to travel this year three or four times. Uh, I canceled all my trips right now because it's just too, it, it doesn't work right now for me to travel. I'm sticking now in Los Angeles. And obviously, I still love to taste some waters from around the world. And I'm very happy that I have obviously Svalbard here right next to me. Um, one more thing, because what you what you said in the beginning that was very interesting for me when you said like I'm selecting the icebergs and you can look at them. So how do you look at them? Are you looking for purity? Are you looking like okay they have to be like a different color maybe? How do you see that an iceberg is good for you? Right. So an iceberg, obviously, like I said, comes from the glacier. And a glacier, these are very large ice sheets on ground, and they mm. move. So along the edges, they will scrape along the ground, and then they can pick up impurities. They can melt and refreeze as the glacier mm. moves. So we want to avoid that. Um, mm -hmm. So we're looking for ice that has no sediment in it. Mm -hmm. That means it's been protected in the center of the glacier. And then we're looking for ice we don't want clear ice. If it's clear ice, there's a good chance that it's melted and refrozen. Then it's oh, interesting. Been then it's been exposed Very interesting. to air atmosphere, potentially modern pollution. So what we look for is ice with bubbles in it. And the smaller the bubbles, the more, you know, the more bubbles and the smaller they are tells you that it's been compacted for longer and longer and longer, which means it's older ice and it's very pure ice. Okay. So... What yeah. are the bubbles? Are the bubbles um, um, closed up oxygen or what are the bubbles? Or it's just like nothing in there? It's just like it looks like bubbles, but everything there's nothing in there. Yeah, it's, it's ancient air, essentially, because if you think about it, this, these were snowflakes that fell, right? Yeah. And the snowflake obviously is not solid. As they uh -huh. fall, there's air in between the flakes. And then as more layers build up and up and up, that air gets compacted and turns into these bubbles. That's fascinating. As the snowflakes melt together as ice, the air is still there. Yeah, yeah. That is very interesting. I didn't know that, so I'm learning as well. I love about this now new series because that is what's exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't want to just give the information, obviously, to my listeners and viewers. I want to gain information as well because that is the great thing about a sommelier in general. I think it doesn't matter if you're a water sommelier or a wine sommelier. You're learning every day due to tasting, due to like the ability of like recognize the taste and then obviously talking to a producer like you to say like, listen, 
this is like how I'm looking through the iceberg. So it's a great story again for me to, to understand now how really special this product is. And I have to say, I'm getting a little thirsty. I'm like here in, in West Hollywood. We have already 25 degrees Celsius, obviously. So it's in the, in the mid-80s already here in Los Angeles right now today. And I think we need to drink a little bit um, water as well. And obviously nothing better than a very, very special water. And I love because we talked a little bit about the snow already and that you're putting on your bottles as well, the taste of snow and air. And this is clearly what it is. And, and I had Svabadi in many, many blind tastings as well with people. And people described me actually, that water sometimes as, oh, it's almost like um, drinking air or drinking snow. So it's very interesting that people really like having this idea, even without seeing the bottle, without knowing what it is and coming up with the idea of air and snow. It's fascinating for me, really fascinating. Yeah. You mind if so, I join you? I'll drink a yeah, bit here. Yeah, I hope so. Hey, it's, <laughs> we we we're practicing clearly social distancing, but I think I still strongly believe in like drinking together. Um, I like alcohol as well, guys. So it's not just like that I'm drinking water, but I obviously my passion runs for water. But I enjoy drinking a great glass of water. What kind of glass are you using? Uh, I am using what they had on the boat. So I guess it's a champagne glass. That's no, a champagne <laughs> glass. I think it's great. I'm not a big fan of regular glasses for water, like this typical like water glass. So then it always seems to be like, ah, it's just water. And for me, I want to evaluate water because I think water is way more worth than, than everything else on this planet. Let's face it, without this year, we wouldn't be on the planet. Without water, life wouldn't exist and we wouldn't connect right now over, over Zoom, it would not be possible to actually talk when we wouldn't have water on this planet. So I think we should honor water all the time. And that's the reason, uh, cheers to the viewers, cheers to the listeners, and cheers to you. It's great to have you on here please, today. Cheers, skull. Cheers, skull. Oh yeah, it's super light. And this is what you already said. Um, it has a very, very round mouthfeel, I think. Very, very smooth on the palate. What I think is great. It's a beautiful, amazing water. You said earlier already, and this was interesting for me as well, that is not a hydration product, I think. Svalbardi or Svalbard, where it's coming from, is not really designed to like drink it on a daily basis, I think. So the, the clients who are coming to you, why are they coming and why are they are purchasing Svalbardi? What is the reason behind that for them? So we, we do have a variety. Um, you know, there are people like you and I who just appreciate different waters and like to have mm -hmm. it. Um, there are people who think it's wonderful as a gift, but also as a environmentally friendly gift for people. Mm -hmm. um, there are a very small number of people who uh, actually do drink it regularly. Oh, my God. Um, good for them. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and good for you to uh, support most, you, obviously. Yeah. But most people, it's it's a special occasion item, whether it's a gift or whether, you know, it's for a special meal out or a party, things like that. Um, it is kind of interesting. When I first came up here, um, I was sort of seen as this kind of crazy American. What's this guy doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. People were wondering. Um, so there was a lot of skepticism. As we've moved along, people have appreciated it more and more. 
um, locals. And so now it's actually quite common people when they go um, from Svalbard and go back down to mainland Norway and see family and friends, instead of a bottle of wine, they'll frequently buy a bottle oh, of Svalbard. Bring it down. I even did the same. I, I'm, when I'm invited to a party, most of the times I'm bringing a bottle of special water. Because for a lot of people, this is way more interesting, obviously, than when people say, oh, he just brought a, another bottle of wine or another bottle of champagne. So everybody obviously loves the idea of like, oh my God, what do you have there? What is this? Oh, you're the water guy. I want to see the bottle what you brought. So the attention is clearly because something so unusual on the bottle. So let's talk a little bit about the design because people who are listening to us will not see it, but you can obviously, we will, uh, we will broadcast this sequence as well on YouTube. So like you should check it out on YouTube because then you can actually see it. Um, so tell me a little bit about the design of the bottle and of this beautiful, like almost like gift basket. Yeah. So um, the bottle and all the packaging was designed um, by a husband and wife uh, design team in London called Studio H, Rob and Nikki okay. Hall. They're wonderful. We worked with them from the beginning. They made a point of really understanding the origin and the source. So mm -hmm. the idea, um, there's, there's many elements that are meant to, to reflect what it is. We, we immediately early on said, we're not just going to put an iceberg on it. You know, let's, let's get deeper into reflecting what the source is. So we have, you know, the logo is this uh, snowflake that you see mm -hmm. on the wooden cap. Mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. the ultimate source. Right? You know, we use very high quality, super flint, premium flint glass. Mm. So the clarity is important to, to show, like, like nature's ice, where it comes from. We have this little mint green band at the top. That was a little yep. touch that, yep. I, asked, that yep. I asked them to add, actually, because it's, it's reflective to me of how an iceberg um, at the glacier front, where oftentimes the, the ice, because of the reflection of light, has a color similar to this. Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm, the point mm -hmm. where an ancient glacier is born into a new iceberg. You know, there's a moment of transformation, and then that iceberg has a short life before it melts into the sea. So I thought that was just a, a lovely symbol and a nice touch of color, too, oh, reflecting definitely. the colors that you see of the glaciers in the sea. So. You have that. The wood cap is meant to represent Arctic driftwood. That's you know mm -hmm. very precious and rare up here. You see it along the shores. Has this sort of weathered look to it. Uh, it's a renewable sourced wood cap, by the way, from renewable forests, uh, sustainable forestry. And then, you know, we did something interesting. We had at first we had this debate, me and the designer, should we have a paper label? Or should we have something screen printed onto the glass? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Back and forth, we couldn't agree. And finally, one day he comes to me and says, I've got it. We're going to do both. So we have this thin paper label, but then we have the name Svalbardi printed on mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, screen printed. And it ends up being something people love. People, they, they pick the bottle up. They want to turn. They want to see oh, it. Yeah. It's a tactile experience. It's something beautiful. Yeah, definitely. want to see. And then they see that, that Icelandic letter, the N. Fall bar the mm -hmm. people wonder what is that <laughs> you know they try to guess how it's pronounced so it creates this experience where people are trying to understand this better and they see it and they're curious so mm -hmm. it makes for just a lovely customer experience oh definitely so tactile 
And I, and I think like, because we're always talking about terra of, of the water. So where the water actually comes from, but wine, we all know the terra plays everything pretty much into the wine production. And by water, water is 100% terra driven. But I even think that the bottle has terra. Uh, and you clearly showcases this because you just talked about the driftwood in, in Norway, about the cap of the ice, um, about the blue color of the icebergs when they're shifting over, um, about the origin of the culture of the of the letters of Svalbardi. And I think you did an incredible good job. And obviously your designer really understood as well what that means to capture uh, the taste of water and reflecting this into a bottle design. And this is for me really fascinating to, to see this. And I saw a lot of, lot, a lot of water bottle designs, but you won several times as well for a design prize for this, I know. So you did really a good job. It's not just incredible good water to taste, obviously. The whole package is amazing as well. And how did you came up with, with your beautiful gift box? Why did you decide to want to have like this as well? Yeah. But this is I, amazing as well. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and the, the same designer I worked with. Um, and, you know, we just decided, you know, something, you know, it's, it's so costly. It's, you know, such a rare thing. We just decided when somebody buys it, they should, you know, have the opportunity to have it presented in something that's even beyond the bottle. It's special. It's mm. like a gift. It's something rare. Mm. So we just decided this was important as part of the presentation. So yeah. people see that it even comes in something beautiful. And obviously you yeah. see this in some wines and, you know, alcohol brands and stuff that are very premium. We just decided, you know, it deserves the same level of presentation. Yeah. So I can tell you, and this is, and, and I completely agree with you because at Patina Restaurant, where I have currently my water menu up and running, we're selling around a, once per month uh, a Svalbardi bottle. We're charging $150 for this in the restaurant. Obviously, we have to make money as well. And we thought, okay, this is something so special. We will have it on the menu. It's a $150 product. But this is not just all oh, people buying it. They're getting the bottle. That's it. We're presenting this a little bit more special because, again, we're presenting actually the gift best first. It comes. We don't have it refrigerated like our normal waters. We have them in the wine cellar by 16 degrees Celsius where we have Svalbardi, that's the only water actually who's located in the wine cellar. Then we're presenting it with the gift basket. We are opening the bottle in front of the guest. So we're putting the bottle out of the gift basket in front of the table. And then I'm coming with my iPad as well. And I'm showcasing the video, what we will showcase later as well on this video, when this video ends, that the viewers can see it. It's kind of like your promotion video, how you are harvesting the icebergs. And I think it's very well done what you have it on your homepage. And this is like what we're doing, that people really understand this is a little bit more than just the bottle of water I'm just going to open for myself and I got to treat myself. Because let's face it, who pays 80 or $150 for it, uh, that needs to come with a little bit more story than just, oh, here's your water, it comes from a glacier. That is not enough. And you're paying for the experience as well when you're paying $150 at Patina Restaurant for Svalbardi. Uh, everybody knows I'm now at Petit Mitage Hotel in West Hollywood. Uh, I'm in the middle of creating the water menu and we will definitely have Svalbardi here on the menu as well. Because I believe that people like to um, treat themselves to something very, very good sometimes. 
And it doesn't need to be liquor and it doesn't need to be alcohol. Sometimes people say, you know what? I still want to treat myself to something special, but I want to treat myself to something special, what I think is great for my body as well. And I don't want to drink alcohol for whatever reasons, maybe health reasons, religious reasons, whatever it is. Um, they want to treat themselves something well. And why not giving them something this unique? And I think this is like really something very, very special. And there are not so many water companies out there who really crafted something extremely special like you have. And really like, thank you for that. It's fascinating to see this kind of like incredible waters rising and really making it as well. And there's one little thing I, we didn't discuss yet, what I think is actually fascinating. And this is little, um, the barcode up here. And the, like kind of like the security seal. Can you tell yep. me a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, that's a French company actually called ProofTag. Um, and the idea is, you know, like, like a fine bottle of wine, you know, we, we want people to know that they got something truly authentic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it's a good, so it's a good security feature. People can scan um, the QR code or just go to the, the website and enter in the serial number. And when that happens, you'll see on that, there is a little random bubble pattern. And mm -hmm. so they can compare on the website with the serial number to make sure the same bubble pattern pops up. And that way, you know, you've got the real thing. Um, you know, you always have a concern when you've got a very high quality product that somebody might act nefariously. So we want our customers oh, yeah. to know that you got the real original. No, and I think it's very important. I think Voss had some issues with that in the in the in the back. Um, that the Voss bottle is beautiful design, I think as well. It's very clean. Neil Kraft designed it back in the days. The chef designer of of uh, Calvin Klein. Um, but their opening is huge. They have like a very very big water opening, and that fits perfectly underneath um, a water tap as well. And I knew yeah. because I already had some, I would say, fake Voss bottles in a restaurant here in Los Angeles where I knew, okay, they bought maybe a case or two, they were running out, I ordered a bottle of Voss, and then they just refilled it with something else. So I know people literally doing this. What I think is terrible and bad, and this is the black sheep of the industry, obviously, this should not ever happen. But I think this is here clearly, uh, it's not possible, because when this seal is broken, you will see it right away. There's no yep. way in here for our for our readers, this is the seal what we're just talking about. And you will see it right away. So please, when you're purchasing a bottle of Swell Body, um, make sure the seal is completely intact. When you see something is altered here, I think uh, there will be no problem to get a new bottle and please ship this back because this is obviously the unfortunate something happened there and this is not cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, where are your most sales? That would interest me. I like, where's your biggest market right now? Is this like the whole market in, in Svalbard where people are saying, do you know what? I want to give something from, from a hometown when I'm going out on vacation or something to a, to a nice gift? Or where are your biggest sales coming from right now? Um, we're pretty well distributed around the world. For a mm -hmm. single country so far, the United States is our biggest market. Uh, but if you take Europe as a whole, it's basically the same size. Okay. Um, and now we are about to have a major, major expansion into Asia. Uh, we have several, we have several water specialty distributors there. 
Um, and we have now a larger importer who's going to be supplying those distributors at better pricing because they're going to take larger volumes, but they also have a large customer base of their own. So mm-hmm. we expect um, East Asia is going to become market soon. Great. Give me one sec. I think we have a, we just had a bad a bad um, connection here, but now you should be back again. I think. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. Um, how many bottles are you producing? Because a lot of people think like, oh my God, 80, they're selling a bottle for $80. They're producing uh, 20 million bottles per year. Oh my God, he has to be the richest guy ever now. So actually, how many <laughs> bottles are you, are you producing? Because when I hear the effort, what you're putting into it, like um, um, with a boat goes in there harvesting very specific icebergs, that cannot be a lot. No, no, no. It's 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 a few thousand bottles a year right now. Okay. Um it's starting now it's starting now to, to grow substantially, um both in Asia and and Europe and the US. Uh, but it's in the thousands, it's not in the millions okay. by any means. Okay. Obviously we have a very different um sort of business model, we have to. Yeah. Um so it's not just chasing volume, volume, volume on, you know, thin margins, right? Mm-hmm. Um we have something very handcrafted, very special. So it's, you know, it has, has, yeah. you know, different economics to match that. Yeah. So when you, because I know my social media channels and um, sometimes we have some very interesting engagements with people who maybe not understand the concept of water or think like, oh, it's all the same. That's the biggest problem. Most of the times I'm always saying like people who, who, who think water has no taste, doesn't drink enough water um, or didn't have the right water yet. So how's your approach to this kind of like people who are saying like, this is completely crazy. This is nuts. Uh, and for sure, when you're having a price point of like 80 euros or $150 in a restaurant, uh, for sure, you will see sometimes like interesting emails maybe showing up on your uh, inbox and saying like, you are the biggest scam artist on the planet and all this kind of stuff, what I may be getting as well. So are you getting something like this sometimes? Um, we do get some of that. I mean, it's it's inevitable, um, and you know we're so obviously we're so different. You know, the price is so surprising to. to yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that ends up being actually though an opportunity to explain explain what we do, why it's so special, yeah. the environmental mission, all of those things. So I, I take that as an opportunity to explain. Oh, me too. And then when we talk about the taste of water too, I I love I I'm not afraid because as you say. Every water is unique, and there's no one right water. So I'm not afraid, and I frequently do water tastings. And I'll mm. run through a range of brands to let people see and how unique each water is. And uh, most of the time, people do find salt by their favorite. But of course, it's not about that. It's about <laughs> the different circumstances. Yeah, yeah. Look, we had, uh, and you know that video from BuzzFeed, where I did a video last year and Swabadi was the number one water for them as well. And, and when we, when we taped the sequence, I did not told them in the beginning right away, the prices, obviously they're cutting it like this and this and this and this later on. So everybody who views like videos when I'm doing water tastings um, or somebody else do water tasting, don't believe everything what they're actually showing to you. <laughs> not always uh, everything has been shown like that what I maybe a, a tippies tasted or like how did my water taste because the big difference I think what I'm always doing in my tastings is 
I don't tell people at all what they have to taste out of the water. Um, because this is a lot of people like, and I think that's a bad sommelier actually, when you going to, to a tasting, the sommelier already tells you, oh, oh, this is a beautiful Pinot Noir from California. This has uh, plum notes, raspberries, strawberries, a little bit of chocolate, um, licorice aftertaste, a little bit maybe of, of, of almost like smoky flavors. And for me, it's like, can I discover the wine for myself first, come up with the language, what I think the taste is, and then maybe you can help me to find the words. But I think it's misleading when you tell somebody right away in the beginning, oh, this is slow body, this is a very smooth water, this is very round and feeling, and then sure, the placebo effect kicks in for people who might be a little bit insecure in water tastings and saying, oh yeah, the water sommelier Martin said, this is the taste, so I'm going to taste this now as well. So in my tastings, I'm always letting the people talk first and let them describe, and then I can help. And I will say, do you know what? I like that idea. And sometimes my guests having very, very interesting words for some waters, well, I not even thought about it. And then mm. I think like, wow, yeah, that's right. That's pretty cool. So I'm more into like this learning from each other. That's for me always like what we're doing here as well now. For me, yes, I know your water very well because I have it since several years in my program and I tasted many, many bottles. Now, for sure, I'm one of the, like, besides you, maybe I'm one of the uh, the palate with the most Svalbardi ever drunk on this planet so far, <laughs> I would guess. Um, but I can even taste sometimes slightly differences. And this is what I think is incredible because this is a product of nature. I had once a Svalbardi bottle who was, I've thought almost like had a very smoky aftertaste. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then I thought, nah, it, it might be happening. There's maybe something in and a chemical reaction comes together. What gives me that impression of a smoky taste? Obviously, that hasn't been like smoked over, over, over some fire or something like that. Huh? But this was very interesting for me. The next bottle I had was clearly no smoky taste whatsoever. So that is the reason why this is a product of nature and it can alter slightly in small little variances. And I think this is, again, what I want to see out of a bottle that I can really see, yes, this is not a product of, of, a, of a lab because then it will always taste the same. It doesn't matter where on this planet you are, Coca-Cola will taste always the same. No, this is a product of nature and therefore it will taste slightly different. And that is for me fascinating about you and about uh, Svalbardi in general. And I have to say, you're one of my favorite waters now because it's, it's a unique story. There's so much passion behind you from your side. And this is really what I appreciate. Wonderful. Yeah. We, Thank you. <laughs> we are, we so, are passionate to say the least. <laughs> no, and this is good. And this is good. So I know you're on the boat. Is there any way that I and my viewers can actually see what's happening outside? Or can, I sh can you show us a little bit the boat? Absolutely. Is there any way? And hopefully we won't lose yes, the connection. Yes, I can actually. There. Nope, we should be good. Um, if you can give me a moment, I'm going to switch over to, to headphones and walk us around okay. if that's all right. Yeah, no, so that's great. I, I, just, I just need a moment. So sorry Perfect. if I, uh, you know what I'm going to do so it's not a big mess. I'm just going to quickly stop the video. Okay. And get it all. So my followers, Jamal is now switching over the cameras and we, we lost him for a second because he is again in Norway. It's in Svalbard, it's the region. 
And for me, it's literally like so far, it's really fascinating to to hear and 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 see what he's talking about it. And again, like that is a great thing about our new series here. Here we go. There we go. I'm just gonna oh, turn this Even around. the sound is better. It's amazing. Ah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Here okay. We go. So, all right. This vessel is called the MS Origo. Okay. She is a Swedish vessel. Our our first vessel is actually a Norwegian vessel called the Ullerinman, and we may use her again. But we are parked here in the fjord just outside of Longyearby, and it turned out to be, it was a very clear day earlier, and all of a sudden now it's turned cloudy. We had a snowstorm earlier in mid-May, but I'm going to take us up on the deck here so I can show you some of how things work. So, the wheelhouse is here. Mm -hmm. The lifeboat I saw, very important. Yes, indeed. All right. So, if you look here, you can see the crane. Mm -hmm. Sorry, are you able to hear? It's very windy. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. Great. Okay, great. So that is the crane and we will attach a net to it. And then we have these white plastic bins. They're not on board right now. And we can drop the iceberg into them on the deck there. So that's a bit over a one ton crane, about one and a half tons. And the icebergs we get are between half a ton and a ton. Um, but you can see nice Swedish vessel. They've got the Swedish flag nice. flying, even though we're in Norway. So, um, one sec try to keep myself from falling all over the place yeah please but don't, we don't that's the last thing we need right now huh, <laughs> that in like the summer <laughs> in the summer we'll come out here on the on the deck and enjoy some Svalbardi and some scenery here nice. um so it's uh yeah it can be quite a pleasant experience but it's not is this a jacuzzi there this is a jacuzzi not not in operation at the moment as you can see but <laughs> An I want to come jacuzzi. over now. That's going to be interesting. Are you putting iceberg water in there or is the jacuzzi filled with tap water? Or what are you putting in there? Well, maybe if a wealthy enough client comes, they can fill it with iceberg water. <laughs> um, but I think that's uh, that's going to be beyond most people's means. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I, had a relative, I had a relative tell me once, you know what you need to do is you need to have a famous... A famous Chinese actors bathe in it. <laughs> I like that so, idea. <laughs> then, yeah, Just let then, me know, uh, Jamal, when, when it's happening, let me know I might be coming over. Huh? Maybe she likes to have a special water <laughs> tasting as well. Maybe. I'm getting maybe, in trouble with so. my wife now here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was uh, told that uh, the water might be worth more after the bath. So. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, so, so we should anyways we should pull this video obviously over 18 now we have r-rated content now in there i think <laughs> and we need to maybe <laughs> this is fine this is fine look i have been i've been on so many interesting podcasts and i've been on one podcast really one of my favorite podcasts i ever did is uh, your mom's health podcast uh, it's uh, from Tom Segura and Christina P. They're two very famous comedians here in America, and they're they're 
living in Los Angeles and they asked me to come over twice on their podcast. And in a regular basis, they're just talking about, <laughs> I even don't want to, I think people who know uh, your mom some probably know what I'm talking about. It's a very interesting R-rated content, let's say it like that. <laughs> and they played in one of the episodes I've been on uh, a sequence where a German guy talks about nipples in a German accent. <laughs> and I was tasting with my water there and it's like, okay, it's it's interesting concept. And But I've been on a podcast for uh, Playboy as well. And I had suddenly like 10 bunnies uh, almost naked in front of me and they all wanted to taste waters. So as a water sommelier, I've been to quite interesting concepts as well. And hey, it's totally fun. I feel always very hydrated. So I don't have any problems with that. And I'm actually more than happy to laugh about sometimes myself as well and to laugh about the whole idea of what we're actually doing. It's totally fun. So I like to have fun. Right. Always good to, to laugh and having a good spirit about this. Indeed. But this was fascinating about the boat. Um, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Is it dangerous like to work there? Because it looks like pretty like oh slippery and everything. Uh, obviously, the weather makes a big difference how it is. Mm. So we've been out in times where the river, weather was quite rough and you have to be careful. Yep. You know, our first, our first couple of times, it was beautiful weather. It was no problem. The last, um, well, not this last time, but I, I think the, uh, the, the second time we, second or third time we went out, we had run out of ice um, unexpectedly. We'd had a burst of sails and it was November. And November in Svalbard, it is 24 hours darkness. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. completely dark. Yeah. And I, I had never planned to go get ice in those conditions. Hmm. So, but we decided, you know what, we're going to give it a try. Um, so we went out and it was pitch black. And we were just basically, we could see maybe 50 meters. It was snowing. Um, and what ended up happening was we were near a glacier because that's where the ice is. We couldn't find any. We were just in the dark hoping. And we kept we'd be going around and in circles. And every time we went, the glacier face was right there in front of us. Oh, my like, okay, God. Back off, back off. Back off. <laughs> um, I mean, we had like a little Titanic to... feeling there. Yeah. I mean, we had enough distance. It was okay. But we realized we need to back off. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you have, and obviously if the weather's bad and things are moving a lot, there's, there can be serious issues. So we have to be careful. And there's times we just have to say, we can't do this. You know, we yeah, have yeah. to stop. No, no. I know uh, once yeah. you were running out of water because I tried to order and, and my distributors told me like, no, sorry, but uh, small body is, is sold out right now at the moment and there's new productions coming in. So this can happen again when it's a product of nature. And exactly. this is, again, like for me, when I'm going to a restaurant and the waiter comes to me and said, I'm so sorry, but we do not have the lobster or the chicken or whatever it is. We don't have it right now at the moment. That means for me actually a positive thing. I don't feel like, oh, my God, they're running out of this food. Why? For me, it's the opposite. I'm thinking it's appreciated because then I know they're cooking with fresh products. They don't have a refrigerator full with yeah. some lobsters or with chickens or whatever, just open it and giving me some deep fried shit. No, they're actually giving me some really good stuff. So when you're running out in a restaurant and they're saying, I'm so sorry, I don't have this currently available. That means they're actually working with fresh products. So I'm always Indeed. thinking in a positive way when somebody tells me, I'm so sorry, but I cannot give you the product right now. That's always a positive mind for me. 
That's yeah. great. Absolutely. So where can where can people find you? Obviously in Svalbardi, but I mean like online. So where can people purchase uh, Svalbardi water when they like to purchase your water? Uh, yeah, so I mean, there's our website directly, svalbardi.com, uh, but we have mm -hmm. distributors, including ones who sell online in local markets around the world, too. So in the U.S., we have Aquamaestro in Florida, we have Salacious Drinks in Washington, D.C., um, and then in Europe and Taiwan, we have distributors there um, and Hong Kong. Um, so you can go to our website. And you can see um, on there all the various local distributors we have. So I would point out um, in Hong Kong, uh, we have um, Aqua House with Ivan Lee, who you know, the mm -hmm. water sommelier there. Yep, water selection guy. in Taiwan as well, mm -hmm. Yvonne and Howard. Um, fine liquids in Germany. So mm -hmm. I think you, you know them as well. So, and there's several others. Again, all, all can be found on our, on our website. Yep. No, that's great. Local. So svalbardi.com, please guys, check it out. Incredible water again, Jamal. Thank you so much for this interview. That was fascinating for me as a water sommelier as well and a person who appreciates uh, the finer things in life, let's say it like this. And this is something really special, something we should, we should really like uh, think water should be presented like this because this is again our life, Alex, here. And I'm so happy that, that you are part of the Fine Water Society as well. Um, who obviously like are here on the planet to promote smaller boutique brands, very unique brands as well. And we're doing our fine water tasting competition again in October here at, at Petit Amitage Hotel. Obviously would love to see you in person as well. Let's see if we can make it. Uh, Let's see what happens. What, yeah, yeah what's, what's happening with COVID-19 obviously. And even when it doesn't happen, we will definitely find ways right now what we're doing through Zoom, through online channels to still that you be here at Petit Amitage, even when it's a little cold in October already in Svalbard when you're there. But here it's nice and sunny, hopefully, the golden October, what we're always saying here in Los Angeles. So I would love to obviously see you here in Los Angeles as well. But again, Jamal, thank you so much for the interview. That was great. Thanks again. And um, stay thirsty, huh? I would say. Indeed, and you. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. We appreciate it.